Let's see here. It is today, 12 February. It's uh, you know what I um, if you want to kind of laugh, I put a link on the uh, Superior Word uh, news channel. The very top one it says Super Bowl. So if you click on that, it'll tell you all about Super Bowl. So I want you to click on that link. Here, let me let me do this for you. I can show you about the Super Bowl. We're going to do this right on the update, so you know what. Uh, oh, I didn't mean to get rid of that. I need to open this. CG report. Okay, this is the CG report. Go there every day to get your best news. Okay, Super Bowl Sunday. Who cares? It says on his shirt. There you go. That's my attitude about sports. So there you go. Guy sleeping with a who cares shirt on. Okay, so anyway, this is uh, Sunday, the 12th of February. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report. It's dehumanizing. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, we got, um, before we get into the report itself, we have some people that are visiting. We have somebody that moved to Sarasota. She said she found us online, and her name is Loretta. She came from Frederick, Maryland. So she's down here now living in Sarasota, and it's a real pleasure to have you here today, ma'am. And then we also have Paul and Debbie, who came from Toledo, Ohio, for the second time. They g didn't get enough punishment the first time to come and visit the church, so here they are again. Welcome to you both. It's wonderful to have you, and uh, I told them they're out on the key, so they can just pop by the house anytime this week, except Mondays. I'm sermon typing, and I, I cannot do anything. i got to concentrate on that. But um, welcome to you both as well. Now, I hope the weather's better here than it is up there, because just a little bit, right? Just a little. Okay. Now we got some news from Israel. This first article, all I'm going to do is give you the title, and it'll tell you everything you need to know about why what Netanyahu is doing with the judicial reform is the right thing. 169 liberal U.S. Jewish leaders sign a letter expressing concern over Israeli government. Yeah. There you go. That ought to answer it for you. Yeah. From Breitbart, Netanyahu to CNN, Israel's unbridled judiciary needs reform. Prime Minister Netanyahu defended his government's controversial plans for a judicial overhaul, telling CNN's Jake Tapper, an independent judiciary doesn't mean an unbridled judiciary, something we have in the left today in the U.S. I'm controlling the government and I'm responsible for its policies and the policies are sensible and responsible and continue to be that. According to Netanyahu, Israel's extreme judicial activism in which the left-leaning Supreme Court has the power to overturn legislation it views as unreasonable and in which justices self-select needed reform. This is a system we have in Israel, and if I say to you this is democracy, you'd say, that's ridiculous. It's unacceptable, said Netanyahu. Democracy needs balance between three branches of government, Netanyahu says. In Israel, that balance has been thrown askew, which is exactly what's happened in the U.S. It just happened a lot faster there. And you have one branch. It's a huge branch, a tree trunk, the judiciary, basically overcoming, arrogating to itself the powers of the legislative and the government. Think of the U.S. Think of what the judiciary does in this nation right now. They overthrow the <coughs> Congress. They overthrow the presidency as long as it meets their agenda. He repeated his assertion the reforms will make Israel's democracy stronger. 
from the Times of Israel. Unicorn, this is a tech company in Israel. Unicorn CEO says he'll leave Israel, stop paying taxes to protest legal overhaul. That's what I say. The founder of one of Israel's most successful tech unicorns declared on Tuesday that he was leaving the country and ceasing to pay taxes in protest over the new hardline government's planned judicial overhaul. Verbit CEO Tom Levine, whose hybrid AI-based and human transcription and captioning software company is valued at $2 billion in its last funding round in late 2021, told Channel 12 that he encouraged other prominent tech executives to follow his lead. Now, what they don't know is that as soon as this happens, the taxes will start to come down in Israel. Once you get the right in there and they have control over the decisions to be made, they will do what happens anytime we have a right-leaning president in the U.S. Taxes go down, revenues go up, people make more money, uh, you know, innovation goes up. Everything goes up when people are geared for it. Explaining the rationale behind his far-reaching decision, Livne said that when members of the tech sector, as the engine of the economy, start talking and acting like this, then they'll come to the table and talk to us as equals. I don't think so. From Israel Hayom, after historic visit, foreign minister declares Israel-Sudan peace could be signed this year. Sudan's foreign ministry announced it will move forward to normalize full diplomatic ties with Israel following a visit by the Israeli foreign minister to the Sudanese capital. During his one-day visit to Khartoum, Eli Cohen met with various Sudanese political figures. This was the first public visit by an Israeli cabinet member ever. In a statement published after Cohen's departure, Sudan's foreign ministry said it was agreed to move forward toward the normalization of relations between the two countries. Upon returning to Israel, Cohen said the two countries would seek to sign a full-fledged peace accord by year's end, noting that this would be in the form of a peace for peace. This is all initiated by President Trump just a few years ago, and it's continuing to go on in the Middle East today. From the Al Jumeirah, Chad to open embassy in Israel five years after renewing ties. Chadian President Debbie said he would inaugurate an embassy in Israel that would build on bilateral relations that were established five years ago. Debbie announced the plan on Wednesday as he began a visit to Israel. An Israeli official said the Muslim-majority African country's embassy would be in the Tel Aviv area. From the Times of Israel, Chad's president meets with Netanyahu and Mossad chief ahead of embassy opening. Good stuff. From the Times of Israel, and I'm bringing this up because if a Palestinian kills a Jew in Israel, they get money, they get congratulated, they get honors, they get houses, they get all of these things. If a Jew does something against a Palestinian in Israel, here's what happens. I read this from time to time. This happened this week. Settler to be charged with hate crime for torching a Palestinian car. What a difference between the two countries. Shin Bet says 22-year-old from Ma'ale Ephraim was known to security forces. Incident in early January was allegedly a response to stone-throwing attacks. So he had stones thrown at him. He didn't like it. He went and burned their car, and they're charging him with a hate crime. But this is the way it should be in a normally functioning society. You can't allow people to just run rampant, okay? Okay, we got some news from... Christianity today. Before I give you our first article, I'd like to tell you that Isaac 
Nemugera in Uganda sent us his annual report. He does this once a year. If anybody wants that report, you can email him directly or email me and I'll forward it to you. This is a guy that a lot of people online and here help, some of them monthly, some of them quarterly, whatever. And he sends out a report that is like 50 pages long detailing every penny that has gone into the ministry over the past year, every bag of cement, everything. He's very, very thorough and meticulous. So if you would like that report because you've given to the ministry or if you'd just like to see and maybe I'd like to give to the ministry in the future, let me know. Or email him directly if you didn't get it in your email, okay? From Fox, reporters face jail. Now, this is the guy that said that I am no longer gay in Malta from three weeks ago or two weeks ago. Remember that? Okay. And they are charging him with a hate crime because he has said openly that he no longer wants to be gay. Okay. (laughs) And so um, not only are they charging him, but they are also charging the reporters that interviewed him. Reporters face jail for interviewing Christian who left LGBT lifestyle, warn of assault on free speech. You think so? Two independent journalists in Malta are raising the alarm about attacks on freedom of speech ahead of their scheduled court appearance to answer for their recent interview with a Christian who left his homosexual lifestyle. Editor Mario and journalist Rita Bonici of PM News Malta were slapped with a prosecution order. After conducting an interview last year with Matthew Gretsch, a 33-year-old Christian who explained that he abandoned homosexual behavior because of his faith. Editor Mario Bonici and Gretsch faced charges of allegedly advertising conversion therapy in violation of Article 3 of Malta's Affirmation of Sexual Orientation, Gender, and Gender Expression Act which makes it unlawful for any person to advertise conversion practices. The offense carries 5,000 euro fines or up to five months in prison. And as I said, if they are going to be fair about this, they need to turn the tables and say, anybody that says that I was straight and I am now LGBT needs to have the same prosecution brought against them. This guy says, I'm gay, and now I'm not gay. And this guy says, I'm straight, and now I'm gay. They need to charge that person if they are going to be fair in their judiciary. Now, I don't expect that to happen, but that's what should happen. From Breitbart, Pope Francis. Now, I want you to listen to this title, and I'm going to read you a second article, and I want you to think about it. Put the two together. Breitbart, Pope Francis, gay sex is sin, but death penalty for gays is not right. Okay. Remember a couple weeks ago, he said that it shouldn't be a crime to be gay. Okay. And that's fine. He is not the leader of a nation. That is their decision to do this. But he says, gay sex is sin, but death penalty for gays is not right. Next article, New York Post. Pope Francis joins Anglican Presbyterian leaders in denouncing anti-LGBTQ laws. Francis, the head of the Anglican communion and Presbyterian minister together denounced the criminalization of homosexuality and said gay people should be welcomed by their churches. The three Christian leaders spoke out on LGBTQ rights during an unprecedented joint airborne news conference returning home from South Sudan, where they took part in a three-day ecumenical pilgrimage to try to nudge the young country's peace process forward. 
They were asked about Francis's recent comments in which he declared that laws that criminalized gay people were unjust and that being homosexual is not a crime. That's the one we talked about a week ago. South Sudan is one of 67 countries that criminalizes homosexuality, 11 of them with the death penalty. LGBTQ advocates say even where such laws are not applied, they contribute to a climate of harassment, discrimination, and violence. Francis referred to his January 24th comments and repeated that such laws are unjust. He also repeated previous comments that parents should never throw their gay children out of the house. To condemn someone like this is a sin. Criminalizing people with homosexual tendencies is an injustice. Okay, does anybody make the connection I made? He said in the first article that gay sex is a sin. He said in the second article that gay people should be welcomed by their churches, meaning that sin should be welcomed in the church. Does everybody see that? That's 100% contrary to the word of God. Go read 1 Corinthians 5. It'll take you one and a half to two minutes to read through it and see what Paul says about that. All right. Christian Post. Archbishop of York says gay sex is okay if in committed, stable, faithful relationships. That makes it okay. This is the Archbishop of York. The Church of England's Archbishop of York, Stephen Cottrell, responded to pressure to answer whether homosexuality and same-sex marriage are sinful by saying the COE's new stance on the issue is that it's okay as long as couples are in a committed, stable, faithful relationship, adding that same-sex married couples will be welcomed fully into the life of the church on their terms. That comes on the heels of the denomination's recent decision not to officiate same-sex marriages, but to offer blessings for same-sex couples in civil partnerships within its churches. Tell me how that's any different, but anyway, BBC Radio 4's William Crawley asked the Archbishop, whether the COE's recent decision not to officiate same-sex weddings while allowing gay marriages to be blessed was a bit of a fudge. I see it as a way of holding a church together which doesn't agree on this issue, and it takes us to a place where LGBTIQ, LMNOP people entering into same-sex marriages, people in civil partnerships are able to come to the Church of England, and those relationships and marriages can be acknowledged and celebrate it. This is the state of the church in the world today. This is what's going on. Go read 1 Corinthians chapter 5. There's the whole, all of Paul's epistles read this. The last page of the Bible where Jesus speaks reads this. The sexually immoral, etc., 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 will find no place in heaven. They will find their place in the lake of fire. Okay. This is not acceptable within the church. Some news from the Mideast and Africa, from pro-Pakistani, Dubai, and I don't know why I included this article, but it's just it's one of those crazy things that people, I don't know. Dubai is getting world's first 3D printed mosque. Dubai's Islamic Affairs and Charitable Activities Department is planning to construct the world's first ever 3D printed mosque by 2025 with the capacity to host around 600 worshipers. According to IACAD, the 3D printed mosque will be built in Bur, Dubai, one of the oldest areas of the UAE. Speaking more about it, IACAD stated that the 3D printing process of the mosque will take up to four months 
followed by another 12 months to install the necessary facilities. Okay, so it's going to take them 16 months. That's about as long as a normal building, maybe even a little bit longer. That's the first part. We'll finish this in a second. When I was in Japan, we had a lot that was empty two doors down from me. Right on the other side, there's me, and then there's this place where uh, trucks are coming and go out all night long. They would park them there, and on the other side, that was an empty lot. And one day, I went to work. And on the afternoon, I drove home from work and there was a house and people were moving into it. Okay. If you're going to do something and say we're doing it for efficiency, that's what you do, not what they're doing here. But anyway, we'll go on. Also, three workers will control the 3D printer that will print two square meters per hour. And the mosque will be built using a mixture of raw materials and concrete, reducing construction material waste. Director of IACAD's engineering division, some guy I can't pronounce, stated that the cost, however, will be 30% more than traditional construction. This is why I included this, is because it's such a bizarre thing they're doing. IACAD is currently in talks with Dubai's municipality officials to get approval for its design. The ruler of Dubai, Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum, launched the Dubai 3D printing strategy in 2016 to transform the emirate into a technological center by 2030. In order to achieve its goal of 3D printing 25% of all new structures in Dubai, Al Maktoum issued a law regulating the use of 3D printing in the construction business. So they're spending more. They're doing a worse job. The whole thing is just, I thought maybe you'd want to know. Mail online. Republicans demand Biden impose sanctions on Turkish officials who have offered $500,000 bounty for capture. Anybody know what this, where this is going? Capture of NBA star and Erdogan critic Ennis Cantor Freedom. This guy has got a bounty on a person in the United States of America. And they're trying, they're trying to convince the guy in the White House to impose sanctions against Turkey. This is a country that we have an alignment with that is, yeah, they're a part of NATO. And yet they are threatening a citizen of the United States of America and they're trying to get him to impose sanctions. From NTD, Iran, Russia link banking system amid Western sanctions. That's a really important advancement. Iran and Russia are linking their banking systems together in the face of growing international sanctions against both countries. Iran's press TV news agency announced that central banks of Iran and Russia had reached an agreement to connect their national interbank communication and transfer systems, making it easier to complete transactions between the two countries. The decision to further connect the banking systems of the two countries comes after the U.S., EU, and other Western allies removed select Russian banks from the SWIFT system, a system for facilitating transactions between banks across the world. The Western allies disconnected Russian banks from the SWIFT in February 2022 in retaliation for Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Under the deal, the national banking messaging system of the two countries were connected, making it possible for all member banks of the national banking messaging system of Iran to exchange banking messages with all banks in Russia. The agreement allows Russian and Iranian banks to process transactions between countries without needing to use SWIFT. 700 Russian banks and 106 banks from 13 other countries can now connect with 52 Iranian bank branches to process 
transactions. In addition to seeing some of its banks disconnected from SWIFT, Russia has faced a growing number of sanctions since it launched its large-scale invasion of Ukraine last year. The United States and its Western allies have sanctioned individuals, including Russian President Vladimir Putin and his family members and politicians and businessmen with ties to Putin and the Russian government. And they don't care, and they're starting their own thing. That's an important article. Times of Israel. Iran hands out 10-year sentence to couple for dancing in public without a hijab. 10 years of their life will be spent in prison, in an Iranian prison, because they're in love and they were dancing. Breitbart, member of Islamic Fundamentalist Party, takes over as Johannesburg mayor. Let the beheadings begin. I mean, Johannesburg. South Africa. South Africa. Now something interesting from Mongolia. Direct selling. Herbalife. Unbelievable. Herbalife launches philanthropic mission in Mongolia. Herbalife's charitable arm has established its first casa in Mongolia, donating $15,000 to upgrade kitchen equipment and create a comfortable environment with healthy food for kindergartners in the area. The kindergarten is located in a remote district where the standard of living is low. There are many children who have no firewood during the winter, no food, and are locked up to stay home alone. That was the reason to build our first kindergarten there. We are very grateful for the support of Herbalife Nutrition Foundation and look forward to developing our new partnership and fulfilling our shared goal of meeting the vital needs of children. Mongolia. Daniel prophesied the technology would increase in the end times. From American Military News, China clones three super cows that can produce 54 tons of milk a year. Plans a herd of 1,000. Yeah, China has claimed to have successfully cloned three super cows that are larger and produce more milk than common cows. Lead scientist Jin Yaping said that the plan now is to concentrate cloned super cows into a herd that can help break China's reliance on cattle imported from other countries, something we were talking about just a couple minutes before we started. We plan to take two to three years to build up a herd comprised of over 1,000 super cows as a solid foundation to tackle China's reliance on overseas dairy cows and issue the risk of being choked. Before I go on, we've got a person in the church here that uh, sits and doodles through the entire church. She processes words differently than other people, so she makes doodles to remind her of what was said and also to help her process what was said. So I would love to see what she is doodling right now. <laughs> Little super cow going like this or something. The cows were clones of existing super cows from farms across China, which are capable of producing 18 tons of milk a year and more than 100 tons of milk in a lifetime. Three of the cows would produce more than 300 tons of milk over their lifetimes. In the U.S., the average cow produces less than 12 tons of milk per year. Wah, wah, wah. You can hear the Charlie Brown sound there. According to the DOA, one of the three calves weighed about 125 pounds, which is well above the average calf weight of around 82 pounds. The cows were cloned from super cow ear tissue and represented the first successful Chinese attempt to reproduce the cows using the somatic cell nuclear transfer method, the same famously used to clone Dolly the sheep. Yes, China is roughly, did you invent the somatic cell nuclear transfer? Is that how you knew about that? I mean, because you, you pegged that that quickly. I just remember that because it was so groundbreaking. Yes, it was groundbreaking. And now it's old news in China. Oh, 
So uh, China has roughly 6.6 million Holstein freezing cattle, a widespread breed known as the most productive dairy animals in the world. But 70% of the country's dairy cows are imported from overseas, and supply isn't always equal to China's demand. Last summer, a Chinese agricultural academy announced the creation of a new breed of beef cattle called the Huaxi cattle. China also got 70% of its beef cattle from overseas, adding that he hoped Huaxi cattle could help reduce that number. Okay, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. From the Gateway Pundit, FDA warns White House recommendation to get COVID-19 booster and flu shot at the same time may increase risk of stroke. Well, I can tell you what to do about that. Just don't get the shot. From just the news, little to no difference. Here it is. We've gone around this mask issue for about three weeks in a row. Massive mask meta study undermines remaining COVID mandates. And until research collaboration that reviewed several dozen rigorous studies of physical interventions against influenza and COVID-19 through last year failed to find even a modest effect on infection or illness rates from masks of all qualities. It doesn't matter what quality. Published in the peer-reviewed Cochrane database of systematic reviews run by the British evidence-based medicine charity Cochrane, the study raises new doubts about ongoing mask mandates and public health recommendations worldwide. The CDC is still recommending masking in areas with high transmission levels as well as indoor masking to protect high-risk contacts in medium countries. Masks are still required in educational institutions in Democrat strongholds such as New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania, Washington, and California. And they do absolutely nothing, nothing according to this study. Sick. Yeah, they make you sick. That's right. Mail online. Now, this doesn't surprise me. This is mail online. I'm just reading the article, okay? Unattractive people are more likely to keep wearing face masks in the post-COVID era. Mail online. This is from the UK. Army spied on lockdown critics. The UK Army was spying on its own citizens. Skeptics, including our own Peter Hitchens, long suspected they were under surveillance. Now we've obtained official records that prove they were right all along. Just like our FBI. Just like our FBI. I read an article on that this morning, which maybe I'll include next week. Um, I'm trying to think of it. I got to get my brain processed to this morning. Um, yes, people in New York that were not wanting to be vaccinated in, I think it was the schools. I think it was the school teachers, might have been nurses. I'm not remembering the whole article. It was about five hours ago, but um, they had their information. Now I'm not going to give you this article next week, but they had their information taken their fingerprints that were on file with the schools, all of their information and sent to the FBI. But this is the UK here. Military operatives were a part of an operation that targeted politicians and high profile journalists who raised doubts about the official pandemic response, which was proven completely wrong on every point. And yet now they are on some government database for the rest of their lives, just like these people in New York from the Western Journal. No, can't have thinkers in the world. From Western Journal. 
seafood processing plant goes up in violent blaze. It's a total loss. This is like the 800th food processing facility in the past three years to be destroyed. This never happened in the history of the universe. And within three years, this has happened in countries all over the world. Okay, a food processing plant in New Brunswick went up in flames on Friday. Jim LeBlanc, owner of W.E. Acres Crab Meal Limited, said the structure was a total loss. Zero hedge. Fire at New Zealand's largest egg farm kills 75,000 hens amid national shortage. Another one. Every week, there's dozens of these around the world. This is two of them. The latest major food supplier to go up in flames after decades of food suppliers not going up in flames is New Zealand's largest egg producer. After a blaze broke out on Monday, last Monday, killing around 75,000 hens prior to the fire, New Zealand farmers estimated that the country needed another 300,000 hens to deal with the national egg shortage. Guess who invested in false eggs highly over the past decade? Gates. That's absolutely right. Gates, highly invested in it. Yeah, same thing. The spokesperson added that while it was still too early to assess how much the fire would affect the supply chain, there will be some impact, obviously. It's not a great thing to happen in the middle of a shortage. The fire comes roughly one week after one of America's top egg suppliers, Hillendale Farms, burned down, killing up to 100,000 chickens. On and on it goes, and the mainstream media says nothing about these things. They just locally report it, CBS or whoever, and it never makes it to the national file. They have got a site that you can go to that shows every one of them. Little dots that come up as they happen in the entire globe. It's just got them everywhere, everywhere. Morality is declining. From Fox, UK museums. Oh, This is not a joke article, folks. UK museums shy away from using mummy to describe ancient Egyptian remains. It's dehumanizing. <laughs> the National Museum Scotland in Edinburgh and the Great North Museum Hancock in Newcastle have decided to avoid using the term mummy, preferring mummified remains or mummified person instead. The word mummy is not incorrect, but it is dehumanizing, whereas using the term mummified person encourages our visitors to think of the individual. Never mind that the individual has been dead for 2,800 years. From Gizmodo, dystopian bill offers inmates. Now imagine this being proposed. Imagine this. Dystopian bill offers inmates a year off their sentences Anybody read this article? If they donate their organs. A bill in the Massachusetts State Legislature to create the Massachusetts Incarcerated Individual Bone Marrow and Organ Donation Program, which the legislation sponsors say would restore bodily autonomy to incarcerated folks. Bodily autonomy. And also help the 5,000 state residents who are currently awaiting organ transplants. As recognition of an inmate's donation, the program would slash 60 days to one year from their sentence. Now, if I'm in jail in Massachusetts, I'll say, please, just donate my heart. From the New York Post, FDA lifts ban on blood donation for gay, bisexual men. I reported on that about, what, three months ago, saying that this is what they wanted to do? This is what they have done. Let me point out that I am a permanent exclusion because I was in England at the time of mad cow Yeah, 
I'm a permanent exclusion. I'll tell you why. I'm going to explain. She was a permanent exclusion because of the mad cow disease, which is over and done with. I'm a permanent exclusion because I used to give platelets every two weeks of my life. I did this for years and years and years. I'm up to like a billion gallons that I've given. I could die or, or I could go into the hospital and be pumped full of blood for the rest of my life and they would never catch up. Every two weeks I gave blood. There's a point where your blood weakens, okay? And so what they do is they uh, put you, when you get your blood taken out, they have what's called a pool test. Okay, Charlie Garrett's blood and 15 other people are pulled together and they send it into a test. Check for LCV, HIV, etc. They check for all these things. If it comes up positive, then they go to what's called a singlet test and they check every one of them to see if any of those are there. This is a cost-saving measure. If nobody shows up, then nobody has it. The cost-saving measure says, okay, Charlie Garrett was in there. I got to do a singlet. On the singlet, if you come up positive, you can never give blood again. But they still do something called a confirmation test, which is a very strict test, which checks everything minutely. And you can come up negative on that, which I did, and yet you can never give blood again. Even though I passed the confirmation test and I have nothing in me, they will not take my blood. So years ago, I stopped giving blood. And my brother told me, because it happened to him as well, because he gave blood all the time. My brother said, um, uh, they will now take you. And I said, they will never take me again. Not after the disgrace that they put me through. I came faithfully every two weeks for years. I'll never give blood again. And now this, the blood that I do receive after having given all these years is going to be tainted. That's right. Gateway Pundit. Chaos in the UK as Scottish politicians allow male-born rapists to go to women's prisons. Breitbart, non-binary pop star Sam Smith performs BDSM devil-themed unholy at the Grammys. Okay, we got some other news from around the world. Mail online. Getting his minis worth. Ron DeSantis seizes control of Disney's Reedy Creek Improvement District and will force woke firm to repay $700 million debt pay taxes, and be renamed as he wins war against the corporate kingdom. Good job. Florida legislature proposed a bill, good, that would give Ron DeSantis control of the Reedy Creek Improvement District. The Walt Disney Company has held the self-governing special tax district since 1967. The Senate affirmed it. That is now officially law. This, There's more to it than this, though. Because Disney probably had pretty good standards, but we don't know that because they have run their own show autonomously from Florida. Now, when they have a new building that they have to build, they have to inspect it just like they do everywhere else. And the buildings that are in place and all of the kitchen facilities, all of those have to meet state standards, which before they met their own standards. So if they want to cause trouble for Disney, they can do all kinds of trouble for Disney. And Disney is going to be ham-tied or whatever, hamstrung, whatever the term is. <laughs> Disney is now going to be held with their feet to the fire. They've gone woke. They've destroyed children's lives for the past how many years? We've had enough of it. They've had the first uh, lettings. Oh, 7,000 are going to be let go? Well, oh, yeah, 7,000 people are going to be let go from, from uh, Disney now. They can't afford them anymore. Good. Mm-hmm. Keep cutting. Keep goodbye. cutting. Yeah, goodbye. New York Post. Migrants abandon New York City for Canada with taxpayer-funded bus tickets. 
New York is paying people to get on a bus and go to Canada. Now, that wasn't legal when it was happening in Texas and Florida, but they're doing it now. Disgruntled migrants fed up with Big Apple's crime and grime are taking off to the Great White North on bus rides paid for by New York taxpayers. National Guard soldiers have been helping distribute tickets at the Port Authority bus terminal in Manhattan to migrants who want to head upstate before crossing into Canada. Venezuelan native Raymond Pena and his family arrived at a gas station bus stop in Plattsburgh, New York, about 20 miles south of the Canadian border at 4 a.m. Sunday. The military gave me and my family free bus tickets, Pena said. I'm going to Canada for a better quality of life for my family. And that, yeah. National Guard source confirmed that soldiers at the bus terminal were directing migrants to workers who hand out the free tickets. Mayor Eric Adams, total hypocrite, his admin pays various companies that run programs for migrants that include re-ticketing so they can travel to other cities, a city hall source said. So there you go with that. Now, I just read an article yesterday morning that said that many of those people that went to Canada are coming back because it's too cold in Canada. Of course it is. From Restoring America, Florida legislature to consider boosting DeSantis migrant flight program. And all these people's heads are going to go Blam! Florida's legislature is poised to consider expanding Governor DeSantis's controversial migrant flight program during a special session this week. It was approved. He's got the money. Last year, DeSantis's office orchestrated two flights that carried roughly 50 illegal immigrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard. Still makes me laugh, sparking outrage from Democrats. Now the legislature is set to consider establishing an unauthorized alien transport program to build upon that. And they did it. So off they go. From Breitbart, India is making huge profits. Anybody see this one? Refining cheap Russian oil to sell to America and Europe. You know, I read that article about eight months ago that despite all of the sanctions, Russia is making billions more than they ever made. Okay, this is not sanction Russia. This is let's decrease the population in two places. And at the same time, a few people are going to get very, very wealthy. Well, this is a part of it. India has found a way to profit greatly from Russia's sanctions situation. Purchasing cheap Russian crude and using its tremendous refining capacity to sell America and Europe gasoline and diesel. While the crude oil is of Russian origin, repurchasing the refined product does not appear to violate sanctions on Russia's fuel industry imposed in light of the year-old Russian special operation to colonize the Ukraine. India has refused to boycott Russian oil, coal, or natural gas, citing the government's need to provide abundant and affordable fuel to its people and the fact that the European countries attempting to lead the charge against Russia are still heavily dependent on its natural gas to heat homes. Now, India's got plenty of oil because they can get it anywhere else in the world as well. They knew this, and now they are profiting off of it. Everybody else knew this. This is just a shell game. That's all it is. India has increased its exports of gasoline and diesel to New York to levels not seen in nearly four years, 89,000 barrels a day. Daily low sulfur diesel flows to Europe were at 172,000 barrels in January, the most since October 2021. America is currently the largest purchaser on earth of Indian refined oil products. We've cut our oil. We're buying Russian oil. We know that we are, and somebody's making money in the process, purchasing $588 million worth in November. The crude oil is used to 
produced the product sold was likely Russian, but neither American nor European officials have appeared concerned about apparently rewarding India for buying Russian oil. EU rules reportedly identified refined oil products to be from the country where the oil was, so the Russian oil is legally deemed Indian gasoline and diesel, even if ultimately a different form of the same fuel. From Fox, Biden slaps 20-year mining ban on Minnesota land, gives more power to China. Despite the supply of precious minerals in the United States being depleted, the Biden admin has made a policy move last week that will only exacerbate the problem. This has been a long problem, but the green movement is essentially a reverse opium trade, where the U.S. buys overpriced green technologies from Chinese manufacturers that, in turn, makes our manufacturing more expensive. On Sunday, the Department of Interior and the Department of Agriculture under Stolprez Biden announced the 20-year withdrawal of more than 225,000 acres of northern Minnesota forest land, which is home to some of the largest domestic mineral reserves. According to the House Committee on Natural Resources, this ban includes the Twin Metals Mine, which taps into vast domestic supplies of minerals like copper and nickel that are necessary for renewable energy, computer systems, defense applications, and essential household products. And we can no longer access those. Good morning, Mr. Garrett. How are you? From Breitbart. UK military would run out of ammo in... One day of fighting Russia, warns a general. The UK has one day of ammo to fight Russia. From the New York Post, Norwegian government funds research to find out if white paint is racist. Yes. Who said it? To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. C.S. Lewis. Okay, I've got a double lesric here for you today. We'll see if you can guess what he's writing about, he and his wife, Kathy. If you're ugly, you don't need to ask. If it's good that you should wear a mask. If you drink witch's brew, don't wear one, but wear two. If you don't, You'll be taken to task. It's well known that masking won't work to cover where viruses lurk. For hiding a face, put a mask in its place. If one's ugly, it may be a perk. Okay. Um, before we uh, give our irony today, I just thought I'd share something with you. Uh, I talk about this from week to week, how depressing the world is, and I try to throw in some articles that'll make you happy. Um, and I try to give you comfort that Jesus is our Lord, and if you are in him, you are saved, you are sealed, and you are on your way to glory. Uh, that doesn't take away all of the pains of this world. It doesn't take away all of the frustrations of this world. And I would ask that you would watch maybe one or just one more update a week, not to dwell on the bad things of this world, but it's important to know what's going on and to be apprised of what's going on so you can make the right decisions when voting. You want to vote for Ron DeSantis in four years. I don't know if you can. That's the second term. Maybe you can. You want to make sure you vote for whoever the Republican nominee is in two more years, etc. Okay, that's all great. But uh, besides that, I watched a video this past week 
it's done by somebody actually that attends online at the Superior Word. And I was so touched by it that I went and I uh, emailed him right away. I always email him at some point about his videos. Hideko and I have watched every video he does. Now, he is the owner of a tattoo parlor. And if you don't like seeing tattoos put, being put on a person, you'll have to skip those. But he's got separate categories of his videos. He does some travel videos in Arizona. He does wonderful things. Okay, he's building a Harley. He got an old V block of a Harley. And from that, he has built an entire Harley Davidson, a custom Harley Davidson. Everything keeps fitting. I can't believe it. Everything he's done by hand, all of it. It's the most beautiful thing. You know what? And if the rapture happens two seconds before he gets on and starts it, good, we're out of here. But if not, he's got a fun little thing. It's all hand-tooled. He did the leather work for the seats for him and his wife. It's beautiful. You want to watch a Harley being built from a single block that was thrown away to a beautiful bike? Watch that. But he did a video this past week. He did that painting right over there, and he did the one in the kitchen back here with the name of Jesus in Hebrew in it, okay? He did one this past week that I would hope that you would take the time to watch. Go to Physical Graffiti, Sedona, Arizona. All right. His most recent video is called Abstract Oil Painting, The Good News. And while he's painting this painting for you, it's similar to that one there. It's I won't tell you. I'll let you watch it. While he's painting this, he is telling you the good news of Jesus Christ. And he does it in a way. I told him, I haven't read a commentary from the greatest scholars that was as well put together as this video. Please watch that video and know that there is hope in the world because of what Jesus Christ has done. This guy gets it. He loves the Lord, okay? Uh, physical Graffiti, Sedona, Arizona. Now, there's lots of physical graffitis out there. You know, Led Zeppelin did an album called Physical Graffiti when I was in high school, okay? It's f Physical Graffiti, Sedona, Arizona, and then just the very first video that comes up. It's, uh, uh, he's doing a painting, and uh, it's entitled, it's entitled um, Abstract Oil Painting and the Good News. And then right across the front of the thumbnail, it says, A Precious Gift. I'm going to tell you what, he did a marvelous job of that. So take the time to watch that. Know that Jesus Christ is in control. And if you can't find it, send me an email, I'll send you the link. All right. We'll see. He's supposed to be here soon. The last time he was here, I took him down to Spanish Point where I take everybody. I'll tell you something. He's going to laugh about this. His wife is going to be embarrassed. His wife is from Japan, okay? I took them down to uh, Spanish Point, and there is a uh, device that shows you how to separate oranges into different sizes for shipping. This was built back in like the uh, late 1800s. It was all hand done and they had a shipping of oranges out of there. She stood there and she processed every single fake orange on the shelves. And every time she did it, she went, it was the greatest thing. I've, I've never seen a person so joyfully happy over nothing. And then what did she do? She emptied out all of these oranges and did it again, standing there. just It was great. It was like watching a 30-year-old go back down to two. It was wonderful. So anyway, if I, I have the best memory of that. I, every time I go there, I tell her, you ought to see this girl do this. She was so excited. Wonderful. Anyway, they're a great couple. He's a wonderful person. If they come, treat him well. Um, here we go. Um, two ironies and we'll be done. Mail online. New York university education professor tells parents to send their kids to public school before being forced to admit she sends hers to private, private schools. 
Mail online. Defund the police. L.A. City Council member asks LAPD for extra patrols around his office after his car broke down and he had to be left in the parking lot overnight. The total hypocrisy of the left. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.